What if every day you had the chance to experience more love and intimacy in your life? We're going to be sharing stories of struggles and triumphs in love, sex, and relationships, along with expert advice to create more conscious connections. Enjoy this podcast with Dawn Richard. Wake up to real love. Hi, everyone. This is Dawn Richard, also known as The Awakening with Dawn, and this is the Wake Up to Real Love podcast, where we share stories of struggles and triumphs in love, sex, and relationships, along with expert advice to create more conscious connections. I'm excited to invite my friend Guy Shahar back. Hi, Guy. Hi. Good to be back. <laughs> so glad uh, we, we said, hey, let's do, the, let's do conversation number two, hopefully of many, because we love having these conversations. So, Guy um, is the originator of Tantra Speed Date, in case you didn't watch uh, his interview um, earlier this year, I think it was, earlier this year, yeah. Um, and he, uh, the Tantra Speed Date is a singles dating sensation in over 30 cities, and he's also the co-founder of the Tantra in- Institute. So Guy is all about presence, authenticity, connection, intimacy, and uh, we were talking earlier before we started recording about actually what is love so i think we're gonna i think we have lots to talk about guy we do big topic huh it's i think it's the never-ending topic (laughs) songs art i mean you're you're a musician you know lots of music is around love art books um conversations you know everything that we talk about in relationships has to do with all of this stuff that people are confused about and trying to find their way and you know exploring like what's meaningful to them and how we connect and all this kind of stuff so Mm -hmm. you you just went through a huge transition in your own love life Mm -hmm. so do you want to give us a little background about your perspective how that's shifting sure so um so lauren who uh you know, helped create all this with me, the Tantra Institute. Um, her and I started off as lovers when we met uh, about seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And somewhere along the line, we started teaching together and created the Tantra Institute. And, you know, we reached a point where we felt like our relationship really wanted to transition into a friendship. Mm-hmm. You know, so we would work together and we would be friends. Um And that's what we are in the process of transitioning into now. Um, I think we made sort of like our public announcement about it in August. And so, you know, it's, it's been quite a transition Mm -hmm. uh, to still have somebody in your life that you interact with, that you're connected with um, and, and you work with in a business sense. And then to also be transitioning from, you know, being partners to being more friends, Mm -hmm. right? And then when the subject that you teach about happens to be sex and intimacy, um, it, uh, you know, like, can we, can we be lovers and, and be friends, right? Like, that's one of the questions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we've kind of, kind of vacillated between, between that and what makes sense. And, you know, it really has been a, a exercise, as our entire relationship has been, about figuring out, okay, what's sort of like the right way for our relationship to look like and then how do we reorganize it so it supports what we have between us right rather than some idea of of whatever it is so the new container is is shifting 
And that has brought a lot of awareness, a lot of introspection, a lot of emotions, uh, which I've been sharing in our weekly uh, The Intimacy Hour series. You know, it's a, it's a one-hour talk with a Q&A, and I've been sharing about uh, my experience going through this essentially breakup. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's where I'm at. So I, I think this is really challenging for most people because most people, once they break up, it's like, it's a huge sever, right? It's just like, boom, we're done. And there's no, um, people don't know how to transition and people don't know how to shift. I mean, even in my own marriage, even in the breakup of my own marriage, you know, I wanted to be able to shift and to have this friendship because we still have, you know, we have three children together and Mm -hmm. our lives are still intertwined. Um, But with, without, you know, of course, without the sex and intimacy, but still having sort of this uh, supportive container for our kids. And, and I think so many people run away from all of those emotions that they experience uh, because they don't know how to deal with them. So how do you, how do you learn to create something different and still honor both the individual's needs and desires? Well, I think that's the ultimate question, right? You know, in our, uh, you know, in our, our desire events that we throw, which are really events for people to explore their desires with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a phrase that we teach people to use, right? There's a whole consent language at the event. And uh, one of the phrases that we uh, teach people is, hey, I need something different. Mm. And the idea is to use this phrase when you're engaged in an activity. So maybe you're uh, making love with someone and it feels really good at the moment. And then something shifts and you're like, you know, this, this felt a lot better before. You know, it feels like, it feels like I need something different but I don't yet know what that new thing is. And, and sometimes when we have that experience of like, what's, what's happening right now isn't working for me and I want something different, but I don't know what it is. When we have that experience, sometimes we don't say anything because we don't know what to ask for. Right. right? There's not right. a thing to ask for. So right. maybe we're making love and we're in a certain position and it feels like that position is done and it's time to change. And it's like, well, if you don't know what the next position is, what do you ask for? Right. And so often we just like continue to do the thing that that isn't isn't that isn't, isn't pleasurable anymore. Mm-hmm. So so we teach people, well, when that happens, you say, hey, I need something different. And then your partner and you can work together to figure out, OK, what's what's next? What's this something different that we need? And so we joke that, you know, after, you know, you know, going over this sort of like, so that is one of the tools in our sort of larger framework of consent. And we joke that, you know, in our relationship, we realized, hey, we need something different. Yeah. So how do you create that? I don't know. Um, (laughs) How do you define it? How do you create it? How do you, okay. So here's the question. If you can't, if you can't define it and you're not sure what to create, how do you explore what's possible? Well, I think you sit in the inquiry of it. Mm -hmm. You know what? Like I think about things that I learned in this relationship about myself, about her, about how I relate to people. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I got to see places in myself that I didn't want to see because I was covering it up by, with her. I used her presence to cover up certain things about myself that I didn't want to see. Can, right? you get, can you give an example of that? Um, maybe? Well, yeah, there was, um, you know, there was a part of me that felt like if I'm going to teach, you know, sexuality 
as a man, I need a woman next to me in order to legitimize myself as a man. Who's going to listen to this man if there isn't a woman sitting next to him saying he's a good man? Mm. And I had this stigma that, you know, I need, I need, and you know, that's not true, right? It helps. I mean, to be fair, we are living in a post Me Too era and there's a lot of scrutiny on men. So, I mean, that, that makes sense, you know, great that you're, you know, teaching with a female partner and you can demonstrate certain things. Um, but there was a way where I, I, it was more than a sort of business decision of, you know, let's, let's have this, or it was more of a, you know, like, of course, there's an element of, if I'm going to teach Tantra, uh, that's, you know, uh, in a masculine feminine way, I need, I'm going to hold the masculine pole. I want someone who's going to hold the feminine pole, but mm-hmm. there was a way that I needed it. Mm-hmm where I was like, oh, I need her there. Can't do this on my own, mm-hmm. uh, which is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Of course I can, right? And so how is that? How do I transition from this place of, oh, I really needed her and now I don't. And so now it's like, oh, well, I want her. I want to teach with her. I want to teach with a female partner. You know, I have to talk with other people too. So it's like, you know, transitioning. So that was one thing I learned about myself through this experience. You know, one of the other things that was interesting to me is that, you know, I'm very, very, very masculine and I have a well-developed feminine, but there was like, Lauren is so feminine. I mean, she just so feminine. Yeah. Her femininity just expands into eternity. Yeah. Um, You know, and and I joke that like, you know, in our, in, you know, like the intuition is the realm of the feminine. And so she really held the feminine pole in our connection and in the classes that we taught. And so a lot of it was me. I, we joked that like, you know, when she has an intuition, I am really great at structure. So I was like, all right, how do I create the structure? So her intuition can come into being. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, and she's always like grow, getting bigger and bigger. And so I'm having to stretch and create more structure around it. Uh-huh. And, and we joked that like, every time she does that, it's like, I have to create more structure than I've ever created. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Look, I've been able to create such a big container. And the moment I realize that she expands further more. and I have to do it again. So, so there really is a way that because she's so feminine that I came to rely on her probably a little more than I should for that element. And so for me, I've been spending a lot of time really nurturing my own internal feminine so that, I mean, no, it's great just to be clear, like it's great to be in a relationship where like I can so deeply hold the masculine pole and someone else can so deeply hold the feminine pole, but it's different when there's an attachment that says I need her to hold the feminine pole because I can't do it as well as she does. Mm -hmm. Right. So is, is that for you not trusting your own intuition? I don't, I don't know if it's a not, I mean, I've always trusted my intuition. You know, I've Uh always felt very, very on, on par with my intuition. I think like I would kind of describe it as when I was with her, she's so feminine. I think I outsourced my intuition. Mm. And so now it's like, oh, okay, well, because I learned so much, like I really got a chance to strengthen my own feminine because I learned from her. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like she's really, really good at self-care. So I got so much better at self-care. I, I used to laugh at her. I was like, every time we fly and we land at the hotel, it's like Lauren has to have a bath. And then a couple hours later, she has another bath. And now she's going to the spa. And I'm like, I'm like, let's just get work done. And she's like, I need to have my bath. And, and what's funny is like in the past year and, and certainly, you know, uh, you know, even through the, the, the breakup, you know, I've probably taken more baths last year or this year than I, than I have in my entire life. You know, like I'm just kind of learning how to nourish and, and take care of, of this um, because I didn't need to. And it, I remember I used to make fun of her 
And then, because because before COVID, we would travel every month and teach in a variety of cities. We'd have a tour, we'd right. fly around and teach, and then we'd fly home. Right. So, uh, and sometimes internationally. So, um, what would happen is like she would take a bath, and then she would take a bath, and I'd be like, okay, I'll wait for her to take a bath, you know, because I'm a shower guy. Like one, two, three, you get in, you get out, and you're good. <laughs> Goal oriented. Boom. Exactly. Like I, I got <laughs> I got places to go and people to see. <laughs> So then what would happen is she would take a bath and I was like, oh, well, why don't I join you? Right. And then, and then she's like, she's like, well, no, no, no. I want to have my, my 10 minutes and then you can come in or whatever. And, and she's like, do you want me to draw you a bath? I said, no, I'll just join your bath for a little bit. It's more efficient, you know? And then sometimes, <laughs> sometimes other things happen. However, <laughs> a lot of chemistry there. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, that's how it started. And then I was like, oh, like, you know, she really, th that really makes sense. And, you know, we start, and then once I was kind of on board with that, I started to create structure for us to have that. Like, so when we would teach a weekend workshop, Monday is always spa day, like clear mm -hmm. your schedule after the weekend. It's, you know, we teach an intense sexual weekend. That's a lot of energy. Then we spend all day at the spa the next day and, and, or we, and, and we get massages or whatever it is. Nourishing, so, nourishing yourself, refueling mm -hmm. yourself. So, so that was the beginning of how I started to integrate the, this sort of like self-healing and nourishing, you know, and, and, and feminine nourishing thing uh, in my own life. And, and, you know, and my internal feminine has been growing even more, mm -hmm. which is a beautiful gift. You know, I have a lot more access to my heart. And a lot of that came from her modeling for me mm -hmm. um, what such deep devotion and intention and commitment to being in her feminine is. Deep devotion and commitment and intention. I think that's a lot of where it should be. I mean, I think most people don't know how to do that in any relationship, including your own deep intention, commitment to yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. self-care is just a part of it, right? So how do you, how do you mm -hmm. learn to... How do you learn to do this yeah, for yourself? And how do you learn to do this in partnership? Self-care? All of this, your intention, your commitment, your care, your communion. I don't know. How, how, do, how do we all learn it as, as human beings? You know, we, we try and we make mistakes and we fall down and we get back up again and make some more mistakes and then make some of the same mistakes again and again until we're tired of them and are willing to finally look at them and say, okay, there's something here to, to be learned, uh -huh. and, you know, um, and, uh, and keep attracting, you know, essentially a mimic of the same person over and over again in our life until we learn that lesson. Right. So. Do you feel like it's mostly about you though? I mean, even though you're, you're learning in this container, it's like, what, what else have you learned about yourself? Well, one of the things I learned is what is really important to me in relationship. And, uh, and what, you know, what are my deal breakers? What are things that I can kind of live with? And, and really helped sort of clarify for me, what are the things that I want? You know, because I've had I've had quite a few relationships. This one has been my longest one, seven years. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had a, a few that were like two to four years, and um, you know, and I've dated a lot. Like I've dated many, many women and uh, and different personality types. 
And and it's really interesting the flow because the the woman that I was with before Lauren was in many ways her opposite. Um, so it's like you know through that process it's almost like a pendulum like oh well now now I'm with a woman who's more like this and now I'm with a, and it's kind of like each time it's like you're getting a little closer to what is that thing that I'm that I'm desiring, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know and so that definitely is is something that has gotten clearer that I've been learning about myself. Um, I learned that, uh, that I want to be in partnership and in a committed partnership, um, you know, probably not monogamous, but I don't know, you know, who knows what, you know, what, what wants to be created. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so right now I'm, you know, that's just sort of where I'm at and I'm, you know, going through the, what's left for me to sort out, uh, of everything that, I experienced in this relationship and the things that I gained and in some places think what it cost me and kind of looking at those things and, and learning about me and, you know, and now this new guy is emerging and it's like, who's this new guy? You know, who, who is guy without Lauren? Because for, you know, we, we went around and talked for so long that it's like, Hey, you know, tonight guy and Lauren, guy and Lauren, well, who's guy without Lauren. And I'm discovering that now. And, you know, and, and I think I like Guy a lot, you know, and I'm like, oh, look at all these uh, lovely aspects of yourself that, you know, didn't really, weren't really as apparent to you because you didn't need them uh, when you were teaching with her, right? Mm-hmm. And all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, so, so it's like acknowledging more of who you really are. As you're evolving, I mean, this is this is the thing. Like we're constantly evolving, right? We're constantly changing and shifting. But this is so. This is interesting. So you're saying, like, you know, with the woman before Lauren and Lauren, it's like you're you're coming more towards this sort of middle ground, or you know, or getting more clear. So, like, what's what's clear for you, and what a partnership would be for you? Well. I, well, I don't want to get too into it because I did a whole 10 minute, you know, uh, thing on it oh. at the intimacy hour. I was very passionate and I got into all the things that I wanted, uh-huh. um, you know, so you can just, <laughs> you can just watch that. It's, <laughs> it's, I think I, I stated it pretty eloquently. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just learning more about me and how I work and how to work best with me and with the, you know, the, you know, what my strengths are, what, my, what weaknesses to watch out for and try to, and which ones I can improve and, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of how to, how to work, how to work with me so that I work better so that I can enjoy more and have more pleasure and, and, you know, lo- love myself so I can love others more. Mm-hmm. So, so this is the, this is the question because how do you love and accept all of these different aspects of yourself. You know, this is, this has been, well, this is really why I tried, why I wanted to start this podcast, because there's so many aspects of ourselves that we don't accept, that we reject, that we hide, that we try to ignore or whatever, you know, ways that maybe we feel um, judged or shamed or, um, you know, less than, less than. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want people to know this because to know, you know, if they would find out about this, then they would reject me or, you know, they wouldn't want to have anything to do with me. And so these are all the things that we all struggle with. So how do you how do you learn to um, accept all of all of you? 
I mean, I, uh, I think that's the work. What, what has been helpful for me is I've actually, I've shared a lot. Like I've always been pretty transparent. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, th- there really isn't anything like, you know, like 99% of who I am is out there. I'm not, you know, uh, and, and that's actually one of the things that people most appreciate about myself and Lauren when we teach, like we would teach classes and openly talk about our sex life in graphic detail. Mm-hmm. And what we felt and what we experienced and what it was like to be with another partner and then tell our partner and like, you know, like we're, you can ask us anything you want. There's not, you know, we're not like, oh, there's this invisible wall here. It's like, no, we're, we're people like you and, and, and we have experiences and they're pretty intense experiences and we've had a lot of them. So we, we know this place, this mm-hmm. world, mm-hmm. Um, but I've always been pretty open and, and, and transparent. Um, and what has recently helped was, you know, was, you know, I, I, so we've done, I think five intimacy hours now on the heartbreak. I think we're up to part five. Mm-hmm. And, um, cause usually we just talk about a intimacy topic, but lately I've, I've really been affected by the breakup. And so it's kind of become a series mm-hmm. and, you know, each time I share more and more and, and I get more and more vulnerable and I share my process and I share what I've learned and it really helps people. So to have the experience of sharing something that's super, super vulnerable, like a moment where I got jealous or a moment where I discovered something about myself where I was like, e, you know, and sharing that in front of people and then having that benefit them and having them appreciate that um, helps because then it feels like, oh, you know, I, I got really vulnerable and I shared and like nobody said they don't like me. Nobody shamed me. They all said, thank you for sharing. Like now I understand me a little bit better. Mm. So it's been a really lovely thing to have that show, that show to talk about um, and, uh, and all that, I think there might be a delivery coming. <laughs> let me just let the guy in. Okay. I don't know what that is actually, but they might ring again if I don't, uh, okay. Yeah. Thank you for the question. Yeah. So I, I actually, I had a podcast earlier, um, today and we were talking about this topic of vulnerability, um, because it's the, it's the thing that I think is the most scary for people to experience, uh, this feeling of vulnerability, because it's such a risk, you know, you're risking being rejected, you're risk, you know, you're risking um, not belonging, not belonging, not having the connection that you want. And yet it's the thing that draws you the most close to somebody else. And so how do we, I mean, how do we learn to, to do this with ourselves and with the people around us? You know, this sense of authenticity and this sense of transparency um, that, we're, that we so desperately want, you know, because, because we want to feel connected and yet we still want to maintain our sense of, um, our sense of ourself. I, I don't know. I think we, uh, you know, you take a deep breath and you show up and you use the tools that you have and the resources that you have and you ask for what you want and, and you try to tune into you. Like, what do I want? What am I feeling in this moment? What do I need? What do I desire? Which, which we talked about that in the first podcast. It was about, you know, the, the body, like, do you want an apple or do you want an orange? Hmm. I don't know. Let me check in with myself. Yeah. Let, let your body and your feelings tell you. Uh-huh. But in, in these 
in these places, like maybe, maybe out in the world where you're not as emotionally invested in the outcome, you know, like when you were talking about your need to be with, you know, to be with Lauren and to teach with her. Um, and so in these, in these spaces where you have a deep sense of trust and safety and reliance, you know, on somebody else, it's like, how do you, how do you learn to be that for yourself first and explore those parts of yourself first? Like, what do, what, what do I want? I mean, I've, I've asked this question to other people, um, a lot of women, when was the last time that anyone asked you, Hey guy, what do you want? You know, Hey Dawn, what do you want? I wasn't asked that hardly ever in my marriage. Mm -hmm. And do you know what the interesting thing is, is that um, often when we do ask people what they want, do you know what they say in response to the question? When we say, what do you want? They say, I don't know. Yes, that's, that's a common answer. Um, or uh, what they'll start to do is they'll tell you what they don't want. Oh, mm -hmm. So sometimes uh, if somebody really is having difficulty uh, exploring their desire, it's like, all right, well, let's do process of elimination. What do you, what don't you want? What do you know you don't want? It's mm -hmm. like, well, you know, I hate Brussels sprouts. Great. You know, now there's like 9,999 <laughs> other foods to go through. So, <laughs> you know, but then desire is a tricky thing because you can hate Brussels sprouts, but then your body's like, ooh, craving Brussels sprouts. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so it's, it's kind of tricky that way, but uh, yeah, it always surprises me. It's like, what do you want? And it's like somewhere between like, you know, a quarter to half of the people that you ask, will start by telling you what they don't want. Mm -hmm. They'll say, I don't know. And then you're like, well, think about it. And they're like, well, I know I don't want this. And it's like, okay, great. That's, you know, well, starting somewhere you haven't answered the question. You're answering a different question, <laughs> but you know, whatever you need to do to navigate and find your way to your desire and what you want. Uh -huh. You know, which is different than what you think you want. What you think you want is not what you want. That's an ego want. Right. But we're saying, you know, what does your body want? What is your, what is your, what is your heart's desire? What right. do you, what do you feel drawn to? But I think, I think that does start though, when we're kids, you know, because when you say, I want ice cream and your parents say, no, you can't have it. You know? So it's like all of those times we talked uh -huh. about this a little bit before all these times where we were not allowed to want what we want. So how do you mm -hmm. give your how do you well, give yourself I mean, permission to want what you want? Mm -hmm. Well, it's it's a uh, it's a process, you know, to be in a place where you're in approval of your desires. Um, and it's not to say that we weren't allowed to want them, although I think that's the learned uh, lesson, mm -hmm. often for kids, because you know most kids like they know what they want. Mm -hmm. You ask them right away, they they go uh huh or uh uh. Ew, what does it say? Ew, yuck, I'm not gonna eat that. And then they're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, I want this. Uh -huh. Right? They're, they're so clear. And then we lose that over time because of you know experiences like what you said. So I think it's really important to let children uh really experience and explore their desires so they can be connected to them because your desire is what's gonna save your ass. Your desire is what's gonna tell you, no, I'm not gonna go on, on a date with this person. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and it's those instincts that we mute. And then we're confused why people are doing stupid things. It's like, well, the, we've 
taught them to ignore their human instincts, which are responsible for the survival of our entire species over millions of years. Have we been around for a million years? I mean, if you go sure. back to like how many so, so, so it's like, you know, those instincts are in charge of our survival and we, uh, train, we train ourselves to ignore them. So, um, you know, it's a process to get back in touch with, with your desire. But once you do magical things happen. That, so, I mean, I think comes about with an awareness. Well, I think about, so I have a story. I remember when, uh, when I was a child, my brother and I were kids, young kids, we would go to the toy store. And we would go around and we wanted everything. Oh, I want this. Oh, I want that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, most, most parents would usually say, well, no, we can't have, we can only get one thing. Right. And, 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 you know, when I grew up, we, we didn't have money like at all. Like, I don't even know how my mom took us to the toy store to get anything. Mm -hmm. um, but what happened was we had a desire for everything. Oh, I want this toy. Oh, I want that toy. And, and my mom says, I never told you no. She goes, whatever you wanted, I let you put it into the cart. Mm. And then our cart would like be piled up to here. <laughs> and then when we got to the checkout, she would say, okay, well, let's choose one thing that we want. Right. And that was a much easier thing to do because like, if, if she argued with us, like, I don't think she, she I don't think she did this because she really understood desire or anything. It's just, it was a maternal instinct. But if she argued with us at the moment that we took it off the thing, it's like, well, that's when we're feeling our desire. Mm -hmm. um, and that would be a really not fun argument. You know, this other kids would be screaming and, you know, there's right. making scenes. Right. Temper tantrums. Manipulate, manipulate their parents and give them what they want. Yeah. So, you know, whereas my mom was like, okay, you know, just let us put anything in the cart. And that experience of putting it into the cart made us feel like, oh, it's ours now. Right. Wow. Like there was a feeling of like, I expressed the desire and I'm going to have it now. So that by the time we got to the checkout, it's like, oh, well, I already own all these toys. I'm not really going to play with all of them. Uh, let's get this one. And you know what? Maybe that one, too. Right. But that was a much easier experience, I think, for her. And that was one way of being able to honor a child's desire, but not necessarily consent to granting it. And I think that's that sort of middle ground that's missing. Um, you know, with our desires, like often we, we equate a desire with, oh, we can either have it or we can't have it. And if we can't have it, we try to make that desire go away. And it's like, well, no, if you try to make that desire go away, now you're less connected to your desire. You're less connected to your instincts. You have less information. And then, and then when somebody asks you, what do you want? You're like, I don't know. Cause you have just spent your whole life practicing, not connecting to your desire when it's not acceptable. So instead, it's like, oh, here's a way to honor this desire and say, thank you for letting me know what I want. Thank you, you amazing, wonderful desire. Please keep talking to me and whispering in my ear. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to make a choice because desire and consent are separate things. Mm -hmm. well, so yeah. I think that's a really interesting way to, that she handled that. Well, Quite brilliant, I, I think. I, it's beautiful because... Uh, when you were talking about it, I was thinking of the example you gave of the of Lauren and the person before Lauren. It's like these are the things you want, and then you and then you figure out, you know, okay, I want less of that and more of this, and so then you do kind of go into this middle ground. Um, and how wonderful it would be if all of us started putting our desires in a shopping cart. <laughs> How, how amazing, I mean, that's a great analogy, like putting all of your desires into a shopping cart and saying out of this big pile of desires, 
What do you want most right now in this moment? Huh? I'll take this one. Mm -hmm. And then you try it and then you go, "Mm, okay, I'm, I'm done with that one. How about this one next? What a beautiful gift you would give yourself, first of all. And then like, this is, this is really nourishing your innermost being. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's your new analogy. <laughs> that's my new analogy. That's, that's, my, that's, that's my new analogy. <laughs> because. I like it. Because. What do I want? I mean, nobody asked me that. And I didn't ask myself that either. Except, except in the pain of my marriage, I knew what I didn't want because I was experiencing a lot of what I didn't want. And so maybe that's why people have a hard time figuring out what they want because they are experiencing a lot of what they don't want. So where's my shopping cart guy? (laughs) You have to create it, right? It's your, what does it look like? You know, how do you, how do you use it? And hopefully it's a big shopping cart. So you put a lot of toys in there. Yeah. I mean, like, Cause I want to go up and down many, many aisles, you know, that's, it's like, I feel like we limit ourselves so much, so much because it, because we are more linear thinking like this or that, you know, I can either have this or that it's black and white. It's, you know, good or bad as opposed to, huh, what do I want to explore? What do I want to how many different possibilities of things can I put in my cart because of maybe what uh, experiences I want to have. I did this. um, I'm taking this class. I don't know. Have you heard of Kasha Urbaniak? Yeah. So, so um, she used to be a dominatrix and she also studied to be a Taoist nun. And she talks about, you know, she talks about good girl conditioning and all of the things, all of the ways that we show up, you know, uh, wanting to please other people. And so that's part of, you know, um, squelching your own sense of desire and what you want. And so we did this exercise. It was basically like a shopping cart, like, you know, what would your bad girl want if she was allowed to want anything? And I threw so many things in there. I was like, whoa, where'd that stuff come from? <laughs> do, do I really want that? I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe there's a part of me that does. Mm-hmm. So how do we, how do we give ourselves permission to desire? What does, what, and what's the difference between a desire and a want and a need? Well, um, in the definition of desire, it's, it's defined more as a craving, mm-hmm. right? Um, like, like hunger is a desire. I'm hungry, right? It's a, it's a desire it makes you want to take action to obtain food, right? It's your body saying, Hey, you need to send some food down here. Right. It's funny because I recently, uh, I've always been a fan of, I've been trying, I try different diets and stuff because, you know, and different ways of eating healthy. And I've been through a lot of them and I'm on this new diet that I'm really excited about. 
I noticed. Oh, you, I you noticed. did. Yeah. It's working. Let, let me, it's, it's, I think I'm going to call it the desire diet, but here's, but what I call it is the eat whatever the fuck you want, never gain weight diet. Yes. But it's about non judgment, isn't it? Like just not judging. Well, that, well, so here's the thing it's three things, it's okay. three simple rules. Okay. Number one, first rule I only eat when I'm hungry. Uh huh. If I'm not hungry, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I, I don't, don't eat. eat. Yeah, bold new, new concept for most people. Okay. Second part of it is I stop eating when I'm full. Mm-hmm. This, this is the big one for pretty much everyone, I think, in the United States, right? That's, we're all about excess. And it's like I stop eating when I'm full. And, you know, often you don't feel full until you're a little past full. Mm-hmm. So it's like it... it it takes you some time to realize, oh, I think there's like there in my body, I feel a certain thud when I eat or, or, you know, like yesterday I was eating a sandwich and there were two bites left. And in that moment I was like, oh, this has been a delicious sandwich. And normally I would eat those two bites. Uh-huh. But as of that last bite, my body said to me, done, done. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but I don't want to, I don't want to throw away two bites. That's a shame, right? Like then the mind comes in and says, well, but you know, like, what do we You're do? You're wasting. Exactly. Well, so I put it in the fridge. I said, you know, if I need a snack later, I, I saved it. Um, and then I, I ate it at some point later on. But in that moment, I was like, you know, I should finish this and then throw away my, and clean up my space and, you know, just finish it. Cause there's only two bites left, but my body was like done. And so I'm like, I'm not going to stuff myself. And it was delicious. Like I would have enjoyed eating it in my mouth, but my stomach was like, we're good. Turn off the food, please. So, so first rule, I only eat when I'm hungry. And two, I stop when my body says done. Yeah. Okay. And here's the third rule. And this one is my favorite between that place where I'm hungry and that place where I stop because I'm full, I eat whatever the fuck I want. I can eat an entire fucking pint of ice cream in between that zone. It doesn't matter what I eat, but I stop when I'm full and I, and, and, you know, I've actually lost weight and I haven't gained weight. And I've had a few nights, you know, with this breakup where they have, there have been ice pint of ice cream dinner night. Mm -hmm. So it's, I know this is revolutionary, this whole only eat when your body tells you to and stop when your body tells you to and then eat whatever you want in between. Revolutionary. It is revolutionary um, you know, because people put so much judgment on, oh, I can't eat that. It's too, you know, it's too this, it's too that, it's bad, whatever. And, and actually, I sort of do the eat whatever the fuck I want. Now, the interesting thing is you can't eat ice cream all the time. Because you know you need other nutrients, but mm-hmm. what's fascinating is that in this practice of learning to listen to when is my body hungry and when is it not hungry, in between my body will tell me what it wants. Right, that's your connection to your desire, or it will say, "Oh, I have a craving for meat," or "Oh, I actually do want ice cream," or "Oh, you know, I really want vegetables." So, like, mm-hmm. as you learn to listen to your body, it will tell you what it needs, and it's like I don't have to follow a diet or a this or a that. It's like, oh body needs this body needs that. And I just send down whatever my body asks for. Mm-hmm. And it won't ask for ice cream all the time. You know, it just like, you know, is okay, great. We had a pint of ice cream. It's like, it's like, we've reached that place of diminishing returns. Like we're not going to eat another pint, you know, right. you're not going to go out to the store and, you know, so, so it really is beautiful to be able to trust the wisdom of the body and it frees up my brain to do other things. 
Mm-hmm. So, so what, what, what a gift. What, a, what about external wants and needs or emotional wants and needs as opposed to physical, um, you know? So, so here's, here's food. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I guess there's like an, an ego desire and then there's like a body desire, right? So, so the way I like to characterize it is, you know, um, if I'm sitting at the bar with, with, uh, with a bunch of guys and I don't know, like, uh, you know, a really hot female celebrity movie star comes in, right? Every single guy is going to want to talk to and hit on the, the female celebrity, mm-hmm. right? We're all going to want to. However, only some of us will actually feel a bodily draw towards this person. So our ego is going to tell us, ooh, celebrity. I would love to go out with a celebrity, right? Um, and and our, uh, but our body may not be like chemically attracted. Like there might not be that attraction there, right? For some maybe, but not for everyone. So to me, that's, that's an ego one of like, oh, I want this thing, right? But then it's really, well, what does my body actually want? You know, like what is the, the connection? Like I've met, uh, you know, I've met, met women that were stunningly gorgeous, um, I actually remember I went out with this one woman who was a model. She was stunning. I mean, stunning. Like I very, very rarely have ever seen any woman that is as beautiful as this woman. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful model. We had such a lovely time together. We went on a motorcycle ride. And do you know the other thing is? She's got a great personality. She's so fun and she's carefree and she's a good communicator. And we, we just had so much fun together. So much but there was an attraction. Mm-hmm. It wasn't there. And I'm like, damn it. Why, why, why isn't there attraction here? Like she's, she's one of the most beautiful women I have ever seen. Like forget celebrities or anything. She's just so gorgeous. And like her personality checks a lot of boxes. And, and her personality is gorgeous. She's such a lovely human being, like really amazing human being. And, uh-huh. And generous and kind and funny and flirty and, and adventurous and, you know, and, you know, unassuming and, and very humble, you know, for, for, you know, she's not, wasn't stuck up at all. And I was like, wow, you were a remarkable person. And, you know, we're friends to this day, but there just wasn't attraction. You know, that, 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 you know, but I was like, wow, this is the kind of person that I would want to be with, but the desire wasn't there. So, you know, you can't, you, know, you can't manufacture it. You can't fool those hormones, pheromones. So that's that to me is the fascinating part of all of this is how, you know, like, like you said, how you could see somebody across. This was my experience in tango too. Like I could see somebody across the room and go, wow. And then I would dance with the person and I would feel nothing. You know, I mean, I, mm-hmm. it would be like, oh yeah, this is nice, but. And then there are other people that I'd be like, eh, whatever. But then when I dance, I was like, oh, wow, this is, I don't know what this is, but I just right? feel you. I feel you. You feel that attraction. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Isn't that something? It's, well, this is, this is really fascinating material because, you know, there's our preferences and then there's our, our actual desires. And, and with most people, I often find that they're, um, their uh, 
dissatisfaction in the world of dating is that gap between their what their body is desiring and what they think that they want, mm-hmm. right? And therein lies all the suffering, mm-hmm. right? It's almost like a Buddhist that you have the expectations, and so therefore you're not present, and you're looking for this instead of just being here, and and um, and it's really fascinating because your story about the tango. Is a, is a perfect example of that. It's like, oh, you know, I want to be with this person. And then you you get together with this person. You're like, wow, this is amazing. I didn't know this has existed. So how? And then you're like, what do I do? But what do I do? But they're not, they don't have the hair color that I'm into, you know, like, or whatever the stupid preference is, right? Like, you know, it has to be six feet tall have. and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Particular body type or whatever it is. You know? and, then, and then you meet well, some of them. You know, some of them. And some of them are legitimate. Like, you know, if you want to have a child, you want to be with somebody that wants to have a child. Although, you know, there's there's a, a woman in my life that I know and her uh, boyfriend of many years never wanted children. And she wanted to have children. Um, she wanted to have another child uh, when she met him. And he didn't really want to have kids. And then something shifted for, for him. And now they have a child together. Mm. So you never know. But I think, you know, with them, you know, it's a really perfect example of what I was saying. Like you, what is this relationship that we have and how do we build a container that's custom fit for it that can support this thing that's between us for growing? And then, you know, anytime we need something different or desires, because desires shift, they're not static. Anytime uh, a desire shifts to be able to say, hey, I need something different and then reconstruct that container so that it supports you on your next level of growth. And that's something I think Lauren and I have done probably 70 times in our in our relationship. And we've actually broken up over 60 times. What? And, and Really? And people are, well, they were short breakups because people around us were like, oh, it's Tuesday. No, Guy and Lauren should be breaking up any minute now. And then by Thursday, they're going to be back together. And we didn't realize until later on that the breakup was because as the two of us were evolving at such a crazy pace, um, we constantly had to change the relationship because we were constantly growing and growing out of the container that was there for next week. And last week, it's like, well, now how do we change the container? And so, but we didn't have at that time the language to say, hey, I need something different. Hey, we need to change our container. We just had the language of like, well, this doesn't work, so we have to destroy it, mm-hmm. right? And then, and then, well, okay, two days later, let's let's be back in relationship because we we do want to be together. It's just that this didn't work, right? Because in in relationship, we're like you said in the beginning, like we're either together or we're not, and then we cut the other person off. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, there's this whole gray area of like, well, we have a container, and if it doesn't work anymore, don't throw it out. Just say, hey, you know, we, we need to shift this container. Let's look at what that looks like. Like maybe I need a little more support on this side or, or we need to put something else in the middle and, and see if your partner will work with you to do that. Um, and then you just, you know, remold the container rather than throw it out, you know. But I don't think we have that remolding option. Um, you know, it's not sort of an option in the culture. It's just like, are you together? Are you broken up? I, I think probably a lot of divorces wouldn't happen if that were the case. I mean, I know, you know, Esther Perel talks about marriage 2.0 and 3.0 and 4.0. It's like you continually, you know, if you stay with somebody for a long amount of time, because you both evolve and you evolve at different um, rates or, or levels or whatever, um, it's like, can you support each other's growth and development uh, and still, have that safe container for the both of you. 
And so. Mm-hmm. And you can, it, I think that, go ahead. It, it takes a lot of self-awareness and it takes a lot of trust. It takes a lot of trust in yourself to be able to hold space for somebody else to do the growing. And you see, you know, it's that whole sense of, can I separate and still belong? Mm-hmm. And then how, how do we do this in this container, you know, sort of in parallel ways or so that we're, we're continuing to go in the same direction, maybe. So we can share this path together. Uh huh. Because I, I, I feel like whenever you're in partnership, that that's the greatest reflector for you. Um, you know, to, to look at yourself and say, Hey, what do I want? What do I need? How is this fulfilling me? How am I contributing? I mean, all of these ways and we're in relationship, but a lot of times we don't know how to navigate these transitions, right? These different, um, the different paces of, of each person's growth. And so how do, we, how do we learn to accept and redefine? And, you know, it's like this constant, it, it really, it's constant self-awareness. And many people are not. <laughs> well, um, I think that's why you have this podcast. <laughs> I think so. <gasps> yeah. I mean, this is... These are the things that I think are important to navigate, to talk about, because all of us deal with them and we have not had the language to talk about them or the awareness or, um, you know, I, I think because people are so quick to cut and run. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, had to, I had to laugh when, my, when I told my ex-husband that I wanted to get divorced. It was you know, 24 years, we finally got divorced a year ago after 27 years. And so at 24 years, and I said, I want to get divorced. And he's like, you're giving up. And I was like, 24 years, I'm giving up. <laughs> like, no, I don't think so. Uh, just like I asked, you know, I've asked so many times to sh- help shift the container. And you're not willing to shift with me and the ways that I need to be supported. And you're not mm-hmm. being supportive of me. And I've asked you over and over. And now I don't know what else to do. You know, it's like you've mm-hmm. left me no option. My option is I desire something different. You're not willing to meet me where, where I want. Um, and so it's time to transition to something different. Mm-hmm. Hey, I need something different. I need something different. Yeah. But people are afraid to ask. People don't know, first of all, and then they're afraid to ask, and then they're afraid to maybe navigate the transition together. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't really have tools for that, right? It's funny because what this has gifted me is this idea to create a breakup manual and share some of the tools and strategies um, that I have been utilizing to help myself get through the breakup. And they're really kind of fun. I'm a pretty creative guy. So I came with all these creative ways. 
Such as, such as. Well, so many, many, many years ago, I had a really, really hard breakup. This is the breakup that really cracked my heart open and started me on this journey of self-discovery. Of, the one, I mean, the one when you were 29? Yes. Yes. How do you know? Because you wrote it. <laughs> when I asked you I the question, it? greatest relationship struggle, and what did you oh, learn? Oh, I see. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> it's good to know that you've done your homework. That's fantastic. You're a very studious question asker. <laughs> Um, and, and I do enjoy, do enjoy that. Um, so I, I, during that process, it, it really cracked me open and I, and I started to, that's when I started to discover really things like Tantra and, and I was on that path and, and I was doing yoga and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was really when, when I think I first really, really cried in my life was that, really? that time. And yeah, it really shattered me. I had to completely, I completely recreated myself. Um, it was a very tough relationship. There's so much in that relationship. So I remember what I did was I had, I had, you know, my, my calendar and, uh, you know, I, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I practice martial arts and I'm a big fan of Bruce Lee. So every year I get my Bruce Lee calendar, right. And, uh, and on the calendar, what I started to do to help me get through each day is I would on each, so I used to use the calendar to notate things like, oh, I went to the gym on Monday, I went to mm-hmm. the gym on Thursday, and I'd write these things in on the calendar. So at a glance, I could be like, okay, have I, have I done my three times at the gym this week? Okay, yes, I went Monday and Thursday and whatnot. And so what I started to do is use that same notation system for the breakup. And what I did was mm-hmm. I, um, I would put down like an X or two X's or three X's for how hard it was to get through that day, you know, emotionally due to the breakup. Mm-hmm. And so like a three, a three X day was like, Oh, it's so hard today. I'm just like thinking about it all the time. And then, and then was, a two X day was, was like was a not, moderate day. It, like was not, to... it was not triple X. It was just three X. <laughs> three, three X's. Yes. Not that kind of, <laughs> I did have a notation system for that too, but that was different. That was different. Um, different notation. Um, but it was like one, two or three. Uh-huh. Right. And, and one was like, you know, I thought about it a little bit, you know, it was, it was, you know, it was there, it was present, but I was able to get through my day. Mm-hmm. Two was like moderate, like it's, it's, I'm feeling it, but I'm, but I'm moving forward. And three was like, wow, this is like, this is really, really affecting me. Yeah. And over time I would look at the calendar and see like, okay, was, you know, Oh, last week was really, really hard. Oh, this week was a little bit easier. Oh, this, that week after, cause you know, everything comes in waves. Right. And, and then there were a couple of days that hit me at a left field that I totally didn't expect. And those were four X's. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I'm just like destroyed. A four X day is like, I'm just destroyed. destroyed. So they would kind of build in intensity. And then over time, like you'd say, oh, last week was kind of a three X week, this week kind of two and a half. And, and then the week after that would be kind of like, you know, two and a half. And then the week after that two, and then, oh, now I just had another three X week. Cause I saw her at this party and, and it brought stuff up. Mm-hmm. But over time, as I flip, as you flip through each month, I would see less X's mm-hmm. and then I'm really into data. So of course I would calculate the total number of X's for each month and then look at them and 
you can chart the, the progress of, oh, as I'm getting over this relationship, it's getting easier over time. And that, that ability to see progress helped me stay the course. Mm. So, so that's one of the tools that, that is in the breakup manual as well. There's these, you know, these, you put down on the day, you rate the intensity of the, the, how the breakup affected you that day. Mm. And then you get to look at it over time. Mm-hmm. You know, or you get to say, oh, you know, last week was a two X week. Where did this four X day come from? And you learn, it gives you that feedback and that, that accountability. And then, you know, of course, after a certain time, there would be calendars where some days didn't have X's on them and a day or two here and there had a single X, right? And that's when I realized, okay, like I'm, I'm really starting, starting to move through this and, and look at all the progress that I've made and look at what I've been through. Look at those, some of those rough weeks and days that I've been through. Were you, were you aware of the differences between... Uh, between the three X day and the one X day, like what, what was going on for you during a three X day? You know, it, it, it varies. Like sometimes it was something specific, like, you know, I would think about her. I saw a movie that, you know, know, sometimes I would cry and I didn't know why, you know, Uh their, their emotions. So you don't know. Sometimes they were tied to a specific thing. Like, Oh, it's her birthday. Mm. It's her birthday. And she didn't invite me, you know, like, Mm those kinds of things. Yeah. And then I remember it was, it was, uh, it was my birthday and she had sent uh, one of her friends to my birthday party. I was having a surprise birthday party and, uh, and we weren't speaking. So she had sent someone that was one of her friends to sing me a song. That was a song that she used to sing to me. Mm. And that was kind of, kind of, I almost felt like, well, fuck you. Don't, you know, and, and I, and, you know, I mean, she did it from a place of love um, and I could feel it from a place of love and at the same time from a place of fuck you. <laughs> so it was very, that, that was a Forex yeah. day because of that conflict and the, yeah. what was going on. So, so that's one of the tools that, that helped me get through. And that's one of the things that, that I put into the breakup manual. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful uh, gift to give yourself. I mean, yeah, I think I think that would be an amazing tool for any kind of grief that you're dealing with. You know, whether it's a death in the family or, you know, a breakup or loss of a job that you really loved or, you know, I mean, anything to help you get through. Like, I, I remember I remember going because I used to I used to write a lot. Sometimes I, I still write a lot. Dep- depends kind of on the mood, but. Um, there was a point in my deepest heartache that I just stopped writing. It was like, I don't even want to face myself because it's too painful. And, and now I think it would be really fascinating to look back at what was going on for me during that time. So, and to see your, and to see your progress, you know, that eventually, no matter how many Forex days you have, that you eventually come back to a place of, oh, yeah, it's only one or two occasionally. And, you know, and maybe still some days you have a three X. Some days you do. It's like grief doesn't ever fully go away. It just changes, you know, it just changes and transforms and then you can get triggered. But that's, that's a beautiful. So is, is this thing done? Like, this breakup manual. 
still still putting First. putting some work into it it's uh -huh. definitely uh coming forward and then i'm i'm going to i think release it as a journal cuz cuz there's assignments for every day where you need to write things down yeah. so i think i'm going to create it in a journal form so that you have that same record that i had and you can flip through it and and look at uh, at what you've got uh-huh that's i need to take a quick break yeah yeah and awesome uh yeah, so lots <laughs> this this thing we call life. This journey that we call life and this journey that we uh call love. You know, searching for it in relationship and searching for it within ourselves. Um yeah. So I'm I'm going to ask you again cuz I asked you, you know, before, but I want to hear uh, if your definition, I'm, because I don't even remember what you said, but uh, what's your definition of real love? I think that real love is how we show up. I think it's our presence. I think it is, you know, I think that each of us on this planet have many gifts to give. Mm -hmm. and that the giving of our gift is an expression of our love, right? How do we love? You know, the, we, we say the mission at the Tantra Institute is to be better lovers. Mm -hmm. And we don't just mean in the bedroom, mm -hmm. although, although that, is, that is something that we know. Um, but how do we love each other while we're on this planet? Mm -hmm. you know, a really, really beautiful quote uh, by Ram Das. We're all just walking each other home. Right. And it's like, well, you know, while we're down here, we want to give all our gifts. We want to love as much and as, as well as we can before our time here is done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we want to not only give, but learn how to receive love as well. I... I So thank you for giving me your love today. Give and receive. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I appreciate your presence. Well, thank you for. Uh... Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate yours. We always have such lovely talks. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I appreciate your insight and, and what you shared. Um, and the love that you gave. So I, I think we just became lovers. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Was it good for you? It was great for me. <laughs> Fantastic. I like how you said that too. <laughs> for me too. Yeah. We had a great time. Yeah. Thank you. You're invited back anytime, anytime, anytime. Oh, it's my pleasure, really. Thank you. I'm, I'm honored to, to be invited to be on the show. Yeah. So thank you for helping, helping share more love in the world. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, if, if anybody, I'm sure you have gotten so much out of this conversation because I always do, and I hope you do too. And so if you know anybody who might be inspired by our conversation, please subscribe to the Wake Up to Real Love podcast and share with your friends. And, um, you know, this comes back to 
the other thing that I say is the most important relationship you'll ever have is the one you have with yourself. So coming back to creating that sense of home and presence for yourself so that you love and accept yourself and honor your desires uh, so that you can show up in the world, shining your light and creating more beautiful, intimate uh, and authentic connections with the people around you. So thank you so much for being here, Guy. You want to just give a little, tell everybody where they can find you before we go? Sure. So um, if you're curious about the workshops or hanging out with us at some of our events, uh, it's tantrany.com, tantrany.com. Um, and you can learn everything about us. We actually now have a very nice videos page. You'll see a whole bunch of videos there. Um, yeah, and everything's there. The podcast, I think you can all find through there. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's where I'm at. And we'd love to hang out with, uh, with anybody that's listening to your show. Yeah. Cool. Very, Thanks very, very cool community that you and Lauren have created. And I hope that you continue to, uh, share your love in the way that help people become better lovers. So thank you. thank you for being here. And if anybody wants to find out more information about me, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at The Awakening with Dawn and uh, subscribe to the Wake Up to Real Love podcast. And every day, wake up to more and more real love. All right. See you next time. Take care, everybody. Subscribe to the Wake Up to Real Love podcast. Leave five-star reviews. And of course, share with your friends. You can find Dawn on various social media platforms at Dawn Richard or at The Awakening with Dawn.